This is Raphael, and you're listening to The Diary of an Innovator, a show that allows you to hear the intimate and vulnerable, never-told stories of entrepreneurs and business professionals and their journey to bringing their vision to life. Some will be five-figure earners, some will be six-figure earners, some might even be eight-figure earners. But what they all have in common is they decided to go for it. Each story will inspire you, encourage you, empower you, and even educate you so that you can do the same. But always remember, the first step is write the vision and make it plain. Hey, Wanda, I am so excited to have you back on the show again. Wanda was one of our launch partners. Success is great when you have just people around you who believe in you. So she's back on the show again. We have Wanda Gray. She is the Senior Manager of Learning and Success for Flame Broiler. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. How are you doing today, Wanda? I'm doing great. Yes. How are you doing? I'm doing great as well. I'm just super excited to have you back on the show again. Now we can dive deeper and really get to talk about your whole experience in corporate America and your your push to the top. (laughs) Good. good. Where do I start? Start from where you want to share. This is the diary, the secret. (laughs) (laughs) Give us the nuggets that's going to help us be successful, Wanda. Okay. All right. So starting, I don't want to give my whole resume, but I'll start from the things that I've learned along the way. I would say first and foremost, in working with corporate America, there was two things that I needed to learn that took me over the top. And one, you're always hired to solve a problem because if there was no problem, they don't need you. And so when problems come your way or issues come your way as a, a manager, whether you're mid-manager or beginning manager, your chief responsibility is to solve the problem and offer solutions to the problem. Not I complain, Wanda. <laughs> right. Not to, please don't complain. Please, if you could, if, if I had one nugget of advice is don't complain. And so there are two things that you want to do with that because they want to come to you as a source of, as a resource. And then number two, they need to know that you offer reasonable and solutions to a problem. And so nothing frustrates a, a senior manager more than a person that just comes to complain and they don't have anything to solve the problem. So you want to come, whenever there's an issue, you want to come, your language wants to be, hey, I noticed there's A, B, and C. I was thinking we could do C, B, and D with, or however, you know, make sure the alphabets <laughs> line up. But I was thinking that we could do A, B, C, and D to as a solution to the problem. And then that starts to die dialogue with your manager because now you're tapping into his knowledge and also he knows that whatever he tells you, then you're going to go back and you're going to implement it and then you're going to be the chief person that's going to do it. Because if he has to do it, he or she, I need to stop saying he. he That's what I was saying. I was like, what if the manager is a woman, Wanda? (laughs) He or she has to do it and they don't need you. And so... That's where they're going to start looking at when it comes to your annual performance review or if they can see that you add value to a company, right? 
And so if you have no added value to a company and you're basically pulling resources down, then you're not going to be on the consideration set when they're looking for promotions. There's also a percentage that I didn't come up with it. I think Chick-fil-A came up with it. It's called the capacity module, right? That you have the capacity to do 80% of your job, what you're hired for. Mm -hmm. So 80% of the time, you're going to do whatever they hired you to do. And you're going to do that well, because that's why they need you. Of the, the, your leftover time is the job that you want to be passionate about within that company. Or maybe some of your outside influences like nonprofits and how does that work with the company. So you look at like 40 hours a week, right? If I work a 40-hour week, 32 hours, I'm doing exactly what I'm hired to do, right? And I'm doing it well. Eight hours, because 32 minus eight, 32, <laughs> eight hours of those, I know, that's going to be my next one, know your number. Eight hours is what you're going to really be passionate about with that company. That's what you're going to come to the company and say, I was thinking about this. I'm passionate about being creative on my job. I'm passionate about newsletters. I'm a passionate about graphic design. May not be my primary role, but this is what I'm passionate about. And so what happens is that passion, if you have a job that allows you to do that 20% time, then that passion spills over to the other 80%. Because if I know that I get to do whatever I want to do for 20% of the time, how much more effective am I going to be at the 80%? Because I'm going to reduce that 80% down to 70% and then do 30% of my passion. So when it comes time to be promoted within the company, the first thing that they're going to look for you is, oh my God, Wanda is, you know, she's articulate. She loves her job. She's excited about being here because now I'm looking at my job in a completely different perspective. I'm looking at it for the future. And that's how you add value to the company. So sometimes it's not the money that you're asking for. It's the opportunity that you're asking for. And give me the opportunity to do other things and add other tasks and skills to my job. And that's how you become more valuable. So when it comes to layoffs, my name is on the bottom of the list. Because <laughs> you add value. Because you add value. That's number one. And number two is know your numbers. I talk to you guys about that all the time. Know your profit and loss statement. Know what everything costs in the company and what your role is. Your role a revenue generating position or is it a long-term revenue generating position? Because the training position that I usually come in, there's, it's very hard to quantify and qualify what I do and how it adds value to a company. If I just go in there and just say, hey, I want my people to feel better and I want them to love the company. Okay, that's great. But how do I translate that into financial success? And so in my role as the training manager, I don't make, I already know that I don't make, the company doesn't make any money until that person stays in the position a minimum of six months in the industry that I'm in. Yeah. So if that, if I have a manager that I hire and they leave that position in less than six months, we didn't get a return on our, I'm not doing my job. So now 
my added value is I have to have a retention process in place. So I have to quantify staffing and retaining and sustaining and promoting people. And that's how I add value. And that's how I can add a financial, attach a financial component to my role. Because you got to know how much it costs people to hire, how much it costs to train people. I have to factor in product when I'm training because we're going to waste product. I have to factor in labor because I need people to train the new hires coming in. So I've doubled my labor. I have to to have materials to train individuals. I have to have uniforms to train people. So all of those dollar amounts, I know exactly what it's going to cost me every time I hire somebody. Yes. And I and what I like about what you're saying is almost takes your positioning other professionals to take the lens of a sense of ownership. So mm-hmm. it's not necessarily I'm coming in I'm just doing my job, but I'm learning what the job is and what the job actually entails and how I can truly help that company grow. Right. So that I add value and they're able to see that value and Mm -hmm. you have actual numbers to prove why you're valuable. Yeah, absolutely. And so... And as the training manager, the unique position that I always have, remember when I said, when you're going to get hired, there's going to be a problem, right? And your job is to solve the problem. So 90% of the companies that I go to, the first thing I'd say is, what's the problem? We already know the problem. Oh, we don't have a training department. (laughs) And so there's nobody that's going to train me because they don't have a training department because that's the problem. Exactly. Yeah. So I already know walking into a company, I have to put myself through an extensive training program that's not documented, that's not set in place, there's really nothing in place, and I have to train myself, I have to learn the job, as well as look at it from a trainer's perspective, as well as look at it from, I call myself the CEO of my department. I know everything in my department. And I'm the CEO. I know the money. I know how much it's going to train. I know how many staff people I need. I know all of that within my department. And so my learning curve is the longer than, let's say, a manager coming off the street, you know, a newly hired manager. So I give them what I know is a realistic timeline. You never want to overpromise and underdeliver. I give myself a longer timeline and to train up depending on the company and the product and what I'm dealing with. But yeah, and so I look at training is all about cost. So when they go into when I go in and sit with the CEO of the companies cuz I do, I'm talking numbers. You know, and those numbers tell the story. And numbers I don't lie. Numbers. numbers don't lie. Yes. I heard men lie, women lie, but numbers don't. <laughs> and you got to know your numbers. Yeah. That's so for can... anybody who wants to be a boss or a leader, right? You have Absolutely. to, like you once said, profit and loss. Like you have to know everything about that company or you have to know everything about that position. Number one, yeah. if you want to be valuable, you want to stay there and you want to grow, you have to show them why they need you. And then number yes. two, if you want to be a business mm-hmm. owner and you're looking to hire another professional, 
Mm-hmm. You want to make sure you're hiring somebody that's like Wanda Gray, who said that right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm creating training positions. Although there's no numeric value to it, I'm going to mm-hmm. show you how there is, how there's value in that. Right. Absolutely. Numerically. Like, this is how much it costs to train one employee. Mm-hmm. This is your bottom dollar. If this yes. person doesn't last this long, you're going to lose this amount of money. Yeah. If this person stays this long, you have the potential to make this amount of money. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so your biggest investment and your most critical as an entrepreneur, we're going to talk as an entrepreneur right now, or even as a manager, your biggest investment is the person that's in front of you that is going, that you're turning your company over to. And that could be your cashier, that could be your cook, but you're turning your company over to a $13 or $14 an hour person. And so (laughs) I don't think we think of it like that. (laughs) Right. I don't think we think of it like that. Like you're literally putting your business in the hands of someone that you're paying 13, 14, 15, 20, maybe even $23 an hour, let's say $25 an hour. And you're expecting them to produce at a high level to make you money. I don't think we think of it like that. And you have to think of it that way. So think about it. You're a woman business owner. Think about the blood, sweat, and tears that you put into gathering contracts, putting together, you know, getting your clients, delivering an awesome event in your case, or in my case, delivering a great healthy meal. And it's all dependent on the one or two people that I hire that's going to cook it and prepare it and greet the guests. And they're having a bad day. Oh my God. Yes. So when I start saying I need to hire someone, I pour all my resources into hiring that one individual. I want to make sure that the job posting is professional. I want to make sure that I call them back timely manner. I'm looking for their ability to communicate with me. Do they want to be here? Because I'm getting ready to invest 100% of my resources in a person that's going to make me, in six months, I can get a return on my investment. But it's going to cost me six months of my time up front to invest in this person. Man, Man. and I know in the restaurant industry, I believe if I'm not mistaken, like, for the first two weeks, and you can correct me if I'm wrong with your numbers, with my numbers, but like, it's something like for the first two weeks, like you guys are losing $900 or something like that on training because that person isn't mm-hmm. actually bringing in any money. Absolutely. All that they're person... doing is just learning the system. So yes. training and mm-hmm. um, orientations and all that stuff is so costly within mm-hmm. the company. So it's important that training is done properly and that the right person is picked because that's a cost. Absolutely. Absolutely. So for, in my industry, it costs for a cashier to bring a cashier on, it costs me $2,115 to hire that person. Wow. That's what it's going to cost me to get that person up to speed that they can start. I can get a return on my investment. That's just starting. That's just starting. 
And yes. that just started. And then most people quit within. Yeah, I have. <laughs> and I'm not saying I have the perfect solution because I have people that don't even show up for the first day of work. So I'm already, <laughs> and already giving them a uniform and everything during orientation. They that costs. Even, yeah, that costs. Exactly. They didn't even show up for the first day of work. So there's estimates and evaluations and analysis that we can uh, put together and I can do my best, but you're already going to lose some. But the, I would say the chief, one of the things that I had to adjust and, and when I started hiring was to impart the culture of the company. Culture. So, yes. So culture wins. So as an entrepreneur, if you're the CEO of your company, you're the business owner, your job is to communicate the culture to those who are in to your top leadership team. Because if they don't have the culture and we're not hiring a cultural fit, it's not going to work. It's absolutely not going to work. Everything rises and falls on the culture. Because and so dynamics, right? Absolutely. That's what, because they have to embody the culture of the company. So you look at, again, I'll use Chick-fil-A as an example. Uh, it's not marketing. They have a marketing department, but that guest experience and that culture and yes, them yes. absorbing the culture, hands down, wins the every time. The best. Wins every time. Every yeah. time. And They're they like don't absolute talk. best. You can go to any Chick-fil-A and the service is A1. A1. I don't even and know if their food is that great, but just the customer service you get, it's right. just like, I'm going to sit in this line for 30, 40 <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Because I'm going to get excellent customer service. Because you know it's right. going to be right. You know it's going to be. So, so when you think about your business, especially if you're in the service industry like I am, is I have the opportunity to impact someone's day, period. For three minutes, I have the opportunity to even make your day or it could be the worst experience and make and you could walk away angry. That's the power of food industry and hospitality because we have to eat, right? We have to go to the grocery store. So that's why grocery stores are really big on the guest experience as well because it's called, what do we call it? High switch module, meaning it's, it takes me nothing to switch from Vons to Ralph's, right? It's, yeah, it's just a matter of me going left or going right. Because mm -hmm. if Vons does something that I don't like in their store, I'm going to Ralph's, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Now, the cable company is a low switch model. It's a big inconvenience for me to switch cable companies. It's a big inconvenience for me to have to change all of my internet and all of this. So that's a low switch model. So a lot of times you get bad service with the cable company because they know you can't leave. <laughs> They know you're not going anywhere. I don't know if they're right in the, like, you guys have to write this down. High switch model, low switch model. Yes. Is your yes. company a high switch model or is your company a low switch model? And that goes yes. for entrepreneurs and business professionals as well. Because Absolutely. if you know your company is a high switch model and they can go anywhere, then you want to make sure as a business professional that mm -hmm. you're bringing that value. As Wanda said, you want to make sure that you're the best at customer service and guest mm -hmm. experience. 
Right. Because the one thing that guests want, they don't care. They'll pay more. It's how you make them feel when they walk away. And so that's your job. And your job is to understand the culture of the company, put the right people in the right places that's going to communicate the culture, and then deliver that guest experience because that's where you're going to get a return on your investment. Wanda, you are dropping nuggets. <laughs> you are dropping absolute nuggets. That's not only going to help business professionals, but that's going to mm -hmm. also help entrepreneurs as well. Because mm -hmm. eventually, as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, it's our job and our responsibility to become the CEO. Right. We right. shouldn't be doing the day-to-day -day activity, right? right? Absolutely so, not. Yeah. When it comes time to hire that person, you mm -hmm. want to hire somebody who is a business professional. You want to hire a Wanda Gray. You want to hire <laughs> Wanda Gray. You want to hire a Wanda Gray. <laughs> right. Yes, you do. And that's <laughs> when you say this journey, right? This journey from the last 17 years that I've been in the hospitality industry. And I started off in nonprofit too. And, and, and I would say when I started off in nonprofit, it gave me the resilience because you didn't have a lot of resources. So you had to learn to do everything yourself. You had to be the administrator. You had to be the secretary. You had to be the PR person. You had to be the mailman. Yeah, there was, we would just put stamps on mails, you know, so that we had to be all of that. You had to be the community representative. You put on a suit, you know, start talking to the community leaders and the mayor. And so you did all of that to bring resources and awareness to whatever organization you were representing. But it helped me also in the sense that if there, I couldn't wait on anybody. If I didn't have an assistant, it was my job to get it done. And then you will work until you could justify and say, hey, I need an assistant because again, I'm more valuable in this position than I am that position. And I'm growing, I'm learning in the course of my career. And now you get to the point where there were mistakes along the way. And people laugh as I've been a training manager, I've been fired. I've been laid off. You've been, been fired? You've been laid off? Yes. And I you're have. still at the top one? Is that what you're telling me? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you're still opening up stores and restaurants for companies, and you were once fired, and you were once laid off? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And that was because I didn't ask the right questions for me in the interviewing process. I didn't ask about the culture of the company. So I felt... I was desperate. You know how you get to that point, I need a job, I need a job. And, and so I know that's, that's Yeah. <laughs> and that's where my faith kicked in. So now I got to go with faith when, you know, they said God will supply all your needs. He will. He will take care of you. He doesn't want you to be and to operate in a place where you're not called to be. He doesn't want you to work where your gifts are not appreciated, where he purposed you for a certain position in life or to serve a certain role in life. And when you take that job or you take that position that deep down you know is not in line with your gifts and your talents, then you have just told God, you just told God that I don't trust you. 
And that's what I've learned over the years too, that I had to trust that God was going to put me in a place where I was going to be appreciated and I was going to be valued. And if I did, if I didn't do what and trust God and be patient enough to do it, then it cost me in the long run. It cost me heartache, it cost me grief, tears, sorrow. And he said, you were never meant to be in that place anyway. That's <laughs> at the end of the day, that's why you're no longer there. I had to let that's it go. Why you're no longer you're there. Waste, you're wasting time. Exactly. <laughs> and he said, that's not what I had in mind for you. That's not. And so I knew at one point I had to say, okay, God, I trust you. And he's, and God always said, you're a problem solver. And so, yes, when you go there, why are you complaining that people are bringing you problems? Because that's why I created you to be the problem solver. So again, you're dishonoring me by complaining that people are bringing problems to you. And so your job is to provide, help provide solutions to the problem. Now, some people are not called. I know some people are not called for that. But I am. <laughs> I'm, and I, and I know solver. my purpose. Yeah. You're a yeah. problem solver. But again, you speak to that. That's a role and a responsibility when you're working for a company or if you own your own company. It mm -hmm. is to solve a problem. Yep. Absolutely. It is to be solution oriented. If you're not solving a problem, the company that you work for, the company that you built was created to solve a problem. So Absolutely. when you're being hired to solve that problem. It could be a problem where we have, we just got this order of whatever. And, you know, somebody called us and said, hey, you're the greatest cake baker ever. And now we need a million cakes distributed across the United States. That's a problem, right? <laughs> and they need a solution. They need a so, solution. And why not you? And why not me? Exactly. <laughs> why not you? Why yes. not? <laughs> and that's what that, and I, I sometimes I wake up and tell myself I was created for this. I'm the woman for the job. I'm the man for the job. Yeah, exactly. When I wake up in the morning, I look at myself and say, nobody can do it better than me. There's a reason. Well, somebody can do it better than me, but they're not in the position right now. I'm yeah. in the position. <laughs> It's self-affirmation and self-confidence. So it's always good to be able to wake up in the morning and give yourself that. Because sometimes we have to reassure ourselves because there's so much going on in our daily lives that waking right. up and encouraging ourselves and empowering ourselves and getting our mind right so that we can execute whatever it is that we were purposed for that day is interesting. Right. It's, it's definitely important. And it's only going to make us perform better. It's only going to make you perform better. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so sometimes I have to ask myself, what skills do I have to solve this problem? You know? Knowing your skills. That's good, Wanda. Exactly. What skill, and if I don't have the skills and it is my responsibility to solve the problem, then it's my job to get the skills and to get the resources. To, so you're to, saying, Wanda, it's not the responsibility of the company? <laughs> <laughs> to provide you with the resources to develop your skills it's, it's your responsibility responsi it's your responsibility to find out what skills you're lacking and yes it is their responsibility to provide you with those resources but i would say sometimes it's not necessarily a paid resources i mean uh, yeah paid or like you don't have to take this six months course 
There's so many networks out there. There's so many people. There's so many books out there that you can get your hands on right then and there and say, ah, this is a solution to the problem. This per there's no need to reinvent the wheel. You just tweak it and make it, you know, your own. So I purposely belong to networks and I invest and in, I have the company invest. And sometimes I do it on my own. Because <laughs> on how expensive the network group is. Right. <laughs> but no, we invest in network memberships and companies with what we call white papers, meaning somebody has already um, gone through a situation that you've gone through and they've published that information, they've published that document and they make it accessible to, you know, those who are members of the network. And we download those for a certain cost. And then at the same time, we also- about it, Yolanda? I'm sorry, say it one more time. Can you repeat what that is? Because that sounds like a valuable resource. Yeah, it's called a white paper. And so what a white paper is, certain people at certain levels, let's say they're a trainer, right? And they are at the PhD level of training. Meaning they usually have de high degrees in organizational development and organizational leadership. And so their job is to research companies and interview and follow these companies along. They serve as consultants, right? Okay. And then they will take what their resources and they'll take that and post it to a membership network. So I belong to the Association of Talent and Development. And so companies will put up those resources and they could be, some of them are like 50 pages. Some of them are like 250 pages and they've followed these companies around. And so they put the documents up, I download it and I use it as a sort of a, a platform for whatever training department I'm trying to build. And I use that and I cite that. You have to cite there that white paper as your source when you're building your training department. Wanda Gray, <laughs> you came through and you dropped some nuggets on us. You definitely gave so much information and it just it just goes into the whole educational portion. Not only was it like inspirational and encouraging and empowering, but you educated us. You taught us the importance mm -hmm. of value, mm -hmm. training, developing mm -hmm. culture, mm -hmm. knowing your numbers within a company. And that's as an entrepreneur and mm -hmm. a business professional, mm -hmm. being a problem solver, Yes. self-affirmation, yes. mm -hmm. knowing your skills and the resources you can find. So mm -hmm. that if you don't have the skills, <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> you can learn how to achieve them. Mm -hmm. I'm just, I'm honored and I'm grateful you decided to drop in and just drop these gems on us, Wanda. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you asked me. <laughs> no, absolutely. And mm -hmm. I'm going to have to create a special segment for you to come back again, Wanda, and share with us. Okay, I will be happy to. I love sharing knowledge. I wish that somebody would have guided me along the way when I was coming up and learning the business world. Yes. That's what I'm talking about. So you wanna want to be like a mentor or a coach. So tell the people where they can find you. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, you can hit me up on Instagram again at Wandy Gray, W-A-N-D-I-G-R-A-Y. And then also on my Facebook, Gray Zone Enterprises. You can hit me up on there. Yes. Make sure you guys hit her up. Make sure you guys check her out. And if you guys have any questions or if you guys need any type of information to help grow your business, or if you're just trying to grow within your company, Wanda is the person to reach out to and Wanda is the person to contact. Thank you again, Wanda. I really appreciate you coming on the air and dropping some knowledge. Hope you have a good day, man. Thank you. (laughs) All right. I would like to thank you from the bottom of my heart for tuning in to the Diary of an Innovator. Please download, like, subscribe, share, and write a review because your opinion truly matters. Then go to our website and schedule your free coaching call and join our emailing list so we can help you bring your vision to life.